This is the Faith Ventures Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, telling stories of Christians doing business for the glory of God. If you appreciate this program, support the nonprofit work of LCI by donating at libertarianchristians.com slash donate. And if you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. Welcome back to Faith Ventures, where we're telling stories of businessmen and women, entrepreneurs, and people in industry who are doing great work for God while also operating in the marketplace. Today, my guest is Ms. Karen Roan who is the founder and CEO of New Destiny Marketing and former associate pastor and has a lot of wonderful stories to tell us today. So Karen, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much, Norman. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you today. Well, we've had a lot of fun talking already, and I'm so glad that we're going to be sharing even more with our listening audience today as well. So first off, let's kind of talk a little bit about the history of your career. By your own admission, you've been around a little while. <laughs> and really impressed by the range of things that you've done. Tell us a little bit about your career, where you've been, and how you kind of got into doing what you're doing today. Well, thank you for that question, Norman. I started out as a person who really wanted to follow in my father's footsteps. And he worked for CBS television and was the head of special effects. They later changed the name because his title, Special Effects, because people thought that he was, since he was working on the news, that his team might be making changes to the news. <laughs> <laughs> so they changed it, his title. But uh, what was really exciting was I went to work for CBS right after college. And on my first day, I took a tour. It was in New York City. And I passed my grandfather, who was on a ladder because he was a stagehand. And then I passed my father's office because he worked where the shows were produced and what they called in BlackRock. So yeah, I really was so blessed to be able to work for CBS. And eventually in my career at CBS, I started out as, I guess, some kind of assistant and then I grew to the position and at the CBS Philadelphia station as an account executive. And then uh, from there, helped a friend who started a business that was an advertising agency. And that grew from me, my three-week-old son on the bed and a telephone, because this was years ago. <laughs> there were no <laughs> cell phones, uh, making phone calls and into a multi-million dollar agency, which I left after nine and a half years. And then I felt the call to ministry, went to theology school at the Vineyard, which is a, a non-denominational church, it became an associate pastor over evangelism. And a bunch of things happened, and I started my own agency in 2003, New Destiny Marketing. I think my decision to leave my former company was a dilemma that sometimes we as Christians faith, face when our business is going against what our beliefs are in God. And in this case, I had four partners and they wanted to sign on a porn type <laughs> industry client. And mm. I, yeah, I just... I was the head of marketing and sales, so it wasn't brought in for me. 
<laughs> but <laughs> I just felt like I can't stand with this anymore and right. went to church and prayed with some people. And my pastor at the time said, give them a reason that is a business reason not to do this. And because they knew my faith, but that wouldn't be a reason that they would not take this client on. And so, because I wasn't in charge, I had four other partners. You could say that I was unequally yoked, although I didn't think of that at the time, but it does make a difference who you partner with in in business, I believe. And so I feel like God gave me this idea that I would talk about our other clients, which were major, very highly known television networks and syndicators in the United States and in England. And I said, how are they going to feel when they find out we're doing this kind of promotion for this type of business? They ended up agreeing with me, but honestly, it was the demise of my (laughs) time there. Because I, I, in a way, I don't blame them because they didn't really understand where I was coming from. And so it was not really great for me to work as a partner anymore because I felt like I was putting my own personal stamp as a Christian on what the business was doing, if that makes sense. So I ended up leaving there. It was very difficult because naturally, for any of us entrepreneurs, We know that when you build something and it's people see you as successful eventually and think you're an overnight sensation, the truth is it took years and years to get there. Lots of late nights, lots of travel. That was another problem. I was traveling a lot and I just, my kids, my one kid in particular would get sick every time I left. I was going out weekly Mm -hmm. to either LA or Atlanta and I just had this we had a full-time nanny, we had cleaners, we had, you know, in a way. And at the time I looked this up and I was in the U.S. in the top 10% of women wage earners in the U.S. from this business. So it was not easy to leave that, (laughs) but I felt it was right to do so. So I did. And eventually felt a call from God I grew up in a church that didn't believe women should be pastors, which was very unusual then for me to keep having these thoughts in my head. And after a long story, I ended up at the vineyard uh, through a whole set of divine circumstances and went to their theology school. I told you, Norman, that you would Mm -hmm. have thought after praying and fasting on and off for a year and after I left this company— that I would be the most stellar student in the world because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> whoa, I was the worst student in the world. I almost quit. I didn't quit because I felt like God told me to go there. But literally for the first six months, I told you this, Norman, I felt like, because it was taught on a graduate level, I felt like Charlie Brown's teacher going, wah, 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 wah. It wasn't just piercing me, but the good news was I was reading a ton of the Bible every day, whole chapters at a time, which I hadn't personally done. And after that first summer, I actually graduated at the top of my class. So I realized for me, that's a standing stone that for me anyway, even when God sometimes calls us to do something and we clearly know it's God, it doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing. Yep. And so, yeah, even when I 
was I became uh, pastor, associate pastor at the vineyard, literally days before my dog drowned in our pool, and I felt like that was a direct attack against my me and my family. But we got through that and really loved what I did at the vineyard, and so very excited I had that opportunity. But that was not long lived either. That was just a couple of years, and unfortunately, my marriage fell apart. And Absolutely. So, so again, I kind of look back sometimes and say, God, you sent me to theology school for such a short time being on staff, but I now realize that he was training me to be in the market ministry that I'm in now, which is having my own business, having some really long-term, awesome clients who respect me and what I bring to their business. and. I love what I'm doing now, but as you said, I'm 69. I will, I'll throw that out there. <laughs> it's, it's, I've seen some very big highs in my career. I actually, my company won an Emmy and I know what that feels like, but I also have some, had some big lows in my life. Like, you know, I, I'm sure everybody does. We have a choice all the time. Are we going to believe what God said about us, or are we going to believe what the world says about us? And that can be hard. And so, thank you for asking. I hope I answered your question. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. And I, I do, you know, there's so many interesting things there. I love how you kind of put that, like, overnight successes usually take about 10 years to build, right? And uh, <laughs> and it also relates to the way that we walk in faith at times, too, then, is that the calls that we sometimes have may be very evident to us, even at the moment of inception, per se, but they often take a long time to come to full fruition. And so I think your story is so interesting in that there are so many building steps that get you from where you were to where you are today. Mm -hmm. And so tell us a little bit more about kind of like what your business is like now in terms of you're in marketing. And sometimes I I think Christians, sometimes we have a lot of misconceptions at various points of our understanding about business, about the free market, about what it means to be an entrepreneur, and things like sales and marketing give us sort of bitter taste in our mouth or, or something. Tell us a little bit about what the way you think about marketing in particular, and if anything, how your faith kind of plays into that as well. That's a great question. First of all, if I find out, it doesn't happen very much now because I've, my clients are a really long term. If I found out in the past, if someone was who owned a business that I was helping lacked integrity, I would quit that job, yeah. even if it meant that I'm losing money. And I know that I don't want to make myself sound like a martyr or a goody two shoes, but I feel that if I'm helping someone promote their business, it needs to align with what I believe in too. It should do no harm to somebody. It should mm-hmm. be something that's actually going to help them. But one of the companies I've worked for for over 13 years provides LinkedIn software and they stand by all their commitments, which is a really big deal to me, especially in the world we live in right now. And my bosses who have become my friends know that I'm going to be there as long and I don't expect it to change as long as we are doing what we promise. Mm-hmm. And I personally, one of the areas that I'm deeply involved in is LinkedIn and writing LinkedIn profiles and helping people with strategic marketing 
and writing press releases. I love to write. And I think I told you this story. When I was on staff at the church, God showed me, not a voice, but intersecting thoughts and dreams, that I was going to write a book. He actually gave me three dreams of the book I was going to write. And he didn't give me the title, but I knew that it was going to be a book. So I said to everyone at that time, guess what? I'm going to write a book. Well, that was years ago. And <laughs> <laughs> but I felt like at the time he told me, and I told you, Norman, it was like telling yeah. me, okay, Karen, we're going to make you a helicopter pilot now. It was right in with something <laughs> I really did not like to do. Yep. And I was, quote, forced into it because my clients needed things written. Mm-hmm. And I was working with a lot of local businesses and they'd say, oh, Karen, can you just write it? So I, that's what I did. And one year I told you, I decided I will take every writing assignment that comes to me. And I'm because I would get scared. I would say, oh, like almost freeze inside. So I accepted to rewrite a website, which I did. I accepted every single writing opportunity, which I felt God sent me, to be honest with you. I had to say yes, because I know how I had prayed. And I thought, well, this must be from God. So I gained a tremendous amount of confidence in the writing I was doing. And over the years, I can say that I actually love to write. God changed my whole attitude about it. I love to edit. And so I actually am a paid writer now. (laughs) Crazy (laughs) how that works, right? The book isn't out (laughs) yet. I actually have to help write several books with a client, uh, chapters of books or outlines of books, but... Uh, I do have I do know what I'm going to write about when it ha- when it happens. So, yeah, I just think that when I learning in theology school that sometimes we see a mountain in front of us, God gives us a great picture, but what we don't realize from our vantage point that there's other mountains in front of it that are shorter maybe <laughs> that you're not noticing when you see that large mountain and God's really saying I'm going to take you on a walk. I'll be with you the whole time. But you will. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you, I believe that that book will be written. And yeah. I still believe God gave me that dream. Yeah. So I think I might have answered your question. But if I well, didn't, ask me. It was all really interesting. And I think kind of it gets to parts of it. But I guess what I'm wanting to hear a little more about is kind of the way you think about marketing in particular. Because again, oh. there's so many different ways in which I, I feel that Christians today often misunderstand various aspects of the market. And then like, yeah, marketing and sales is the same for me. I learned early on that I was very relational. That's the kind of past associate pastor I was. Yeah. That's what I am in business right now. I look at individuals, say with every profile I write, Mm-hmm. I don't do it mechanically. I sometimes pray before I'm writing them, and I write maybe four or five a week now. I look at it as helping that person. I know what LinkedIn best practices are mm-hmm. because I've been taught by LinkedIn and I've been doing it for so long, and I follow it. So I feel like I don't want to convince somebody who doesn't believe that, well, that doesn't make any sense. Who cares about LinkedIn or that doesn't market there are enough people that know they need marketing. Those are the people I want to help. And as long as it's a product with integrity that I believe is helping people, I look at it that I don't, quote, sign on with every person who asks me to do things. I meet with them first to see what their goals 
are. I've only had to quit a couple of projects mm-hmm. because somebody was not who they said they were. So for me, I don't feel, I feel like I'm helping people. I'm helping what was whatever I'm doing. If I'm quote selling, which I'm not in a sales position now, I feel we're all selling. We're all, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, this may be controversial, but evangelism is selling to some extent. You're believing in something so strongly that you want other people to know about it, right? Yeah. And you want them to be as excited as you are. So yeah, there are going to be some people that they're not, God hasn't, isn't working on their heart yet, or maybe you miss what you think God is telling you. But I just think it's sharing, marketing is sharing things that will help someone in business, have a better business and grow and be able to have more employees and be able to help more in community service. So I do not believe in transactional sales or marketing for me, meaning, hi, my name is Karen. Will you buy this? (laughs) I think we all need to be appropriate and find out whether it's sales, marketing or anything else, what is the person going through or what is their need? And do I have something that I can do that would help that need? Personally, if someone asked me to write a website again, I would say no, because mm-hmm. I did the challenge, but it's not something that I feel strong with about doing. So I'm not going to do that. And I will recommend somebody else. I mean, it's, I think anyone that would take on work just to make a paycheck, if they're not excellent at doing it, they sh- that's wrong to me. So if, if someone feels like I'm the best carpenter, I'm really great at plumbing, or I'm a great coach and I help people move from where they are to the next level, then that's fine. I also have clients of all different faiths. For me, yes. really having an evangelistic bend to myself, I have found actually, especially, again, I don't know if this is sort of shocking, but as a former woman pastor, People who are not Christians actually look up to that more <laughs> than people who are Christians. Yeah. <laughs> so it also gives me, honestly, a really good open door to share my faith because I'm not walking up to saying, hi, I'm a Christian, although I could, but it's like, oh, I was a pastor. Or I've had so many opportunities to share my faith with people, mm-hmm. Norman, I told you I called someone and the very, this was supposed to be a business call. And the very first thing she told me was I had brain surgery last month and I'm not sure if I'll be able to understand what you're saying. And of course, immediately I'm like, okay, taking off my marketing hat, would you mind if I pray for you? And most people will say, okay. (laughs) So I I feel like, honestly, I, I feel like, there's such a huge demand for any Christian who owns a business to show and work, show their faith, hopefully through their fruit. So people want to say, what makes you different? I've had a lot of hardship in my life, so I can relate to a number of issues people are going through. Plus, I'm older, which also gives me, I think, an edge mm-hmm. because people tend to respect that. and. I just think it's the greatest thing in the world. I'm talking to people who may never walk into a church. Mm-hmm. 
I'm talking to people in the highways and byways. If you remember, in the Bible, it talks about, I believe, the Israelites wanting to be separated from the worldly people. I think they wanted to be on a mountain. You can check. We can check that later. <laughs> but God was basically saying, no, I want you right on this road. I want you at the intersection of commerce. So we're supposed to be living our life, being respectful of others, not forcing our opinions on others, but letting them know that we're here for them. I have a client who recently had a hip surgery, and I didn't realize, you know, I've spoken with her before. And she said, would you please pray for me while I'm out? And I I didn't even say that to her, but she knew I was a Christian. So I guess it's a matter of us really being touched with God every day. Mm-hmm. For me, asking God, are there any divine appointments that I'm going to have? When I have one, I get so excited. It's like my funnest thing in my world. <laughs> and just being ready to help other people. So I know it didn't quite under, I have not, there's not, to me, there's nothing wrong with marketing sales unless you forget that there's another person on the end of it. You're only thinking about your own sales. Like, oh, I have to do this for my own family. I don't care if this is important to them or it's going to help them. Um, I can give you an example of that. Uh, I used to teach a mastermind marketing class and someone in the group was contacted by a salesperson, nothing wrong with that, for advertising on the bags that the pharmacies hand out with their medicine. And it was a really good deal. And this is what I said to them. I don't care if it's 50 cents. Or no, I said a dollar. You might as well take the dollar and burn it if it doesn't have to do with your audience. Yeah. To me, the salesperson should have realized after speaking with this client, that their audience will not be found on the bag of uh, medicine. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just a way. So those are some Karenisms, I guess. Yeah. Good Karen, not bad Karen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like there. There's so many interesting things that you could kind of bring to the forefront of the the conversation so far. And one one that I think it's kind of interesting, and, and this goes kind of resonates in the language that we even use at my company where we talk about that we have a customer obsession. Mm -hmm. And that sort of sounds to me kind of what you're expressing as kind of the focus of what you envision as marketing done right. In that it's not focused internally to me, 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 but rather Mm -hmm. as the person doing the marketing, I'm focusing toward what it is that the other person wants. So in in, in other words, it is this kind of act of service that's very crucial and I think often misunderstood amongst really just broadly speaking, all sorts of people in the marketplace today is like, what is the function of sales? What is the function of marketing? It's not merely so that I get the dollar at the end of it, but rather that you as the person on the receiving end of the product are getting something that you want. And once we kind of figure that out together, we realize that like, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with with these types of things. It's just the people operating them are the ones that are sinning, if you will. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. I, for instance, when I do someone's profile, I'll say, you can call me in a year or two, and I'm not going to charge you if you have more questions. I stand behind my work. I just think we need to bring our Christian core values into our position, whether we own a business or work for a business or work yeah. for a retail or whatever we're doing. We need to bring our values. We don't leave them on, on at Sunday. Right. And I found that I, as, as I personally have asked God for more divine appointments, mm-hmm. um, 
he brings people to me. Like uh, he, at his chosen time, I don't have to sit there and ever wonder, is God hearing what I'm saying and is he going to use me here? Because I think just like the world we live in is so difficult. Some people don't even thank each other. When I get paid, I, I again, I'm not trying to make myself the model of the Christian, but I thank my clients, even if they, if I've been with them for years and years. Mm-hmm. Always. I still am thankful and grateful. And if there ever comes a time when I can't do what I promised, I would hope I would tell them because yeah. it's not just me, it's God. It's like I've made this witness of who I am as a person. And I, you know, I don't want to destroy that in someone's mind that it would taint God in any way. When I left the church, we stayed for over a year because people kept coming to me and they were asking me if the head pastor had done something to me. And so I felt like I had to show by my actions. I was pretty popular, I will say. I had actions that this was something that God led me to do. Again, I'm not saying that everybody needs to do this. We're all personal. We have our individual relationship with the Lord, but we need to live our authentic Christian life out loud with other people, no matter what we're doing. I love it. Yeah. And that's what I find so interesting about your own personal stories here is just the way in which you're so sensitive to these types of things, both in your personal life and in your business life, if you will. And so I really appreciate that about you. Well, Karen, as we begin to draw to a close here today, I want to ask you a question that kind of perhaps encapsulates some of the meta lessons that we've discussed today in a slightly different way. This question is one that I want to ask basically anybody who comes on Faith Ventures, and that is, imagine that you were to go back in time and give your younger self some advice about work and about your business and about the way in which your faith is going to interplay into that. What kinds of things would you tell yourself in that case? I would give myself a hug and tell myself, don't worry. You may have some challenging times ahead of you, but God is always going to be with you. He's going to walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. And that everything in our life is a season. And what you're going through right now or what you may go through is not the rest of your life. We have the opportunity to choose to believe what God says about us and what He's going to do in our life. And that if we're laying ourselves open and giving God our life on earth, which is really so short, then we want Him to make those decisions. So I would tell myself to pray more when I was younger, take my faith more. Although I didn't know any better. I mean, I was a Christian, but I didn't know I could grow deeper in my faith. Uh, the way I do now. And I would say it's going to be okay. And to listen to God, listen to your heart, and don't ever lose hope because hope is the enemy trying to get you off your path. Mm. And it's not a reason to lose hope just because you're going through a difficult time. Because I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last thing I said to you, but (laughs) it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Yep. And Actually, our testimony of how we get through things is very strong to other people, and it's going to help. Your testimony is going to help other people in their healing process, so that so it's not a loss. And I would remind myself: I didn't learn this until I went to theology school. Or think about this: that if you took a huge pipe 
that was flexible and <laughs> wrapped it around the room, our time on the world, our time on earth is just a tiny slice of that. I mean, mm-hmm. our real life is where we're going after this. So let's take as many people with us as we can. That's what my hard cry is. God, use me. And I would say one more thing. Sure. I would also be respectful. I, I, I was brought <laughs> up with that. God's in charge of someone's faith, not us. We're his vessel to show love and concern wherever we are. If it's smiling at someone, if it's telling a funny story, if it's sending a card, if it's making a phone call, it's all for God. And that's how I look at my life at the age of 69 years old. Well, that's wise words to consider. And from one with more experience than myself. So listen to Miss Karen, everybody. <laughs> so thank you so much, Karen, for joining us here today. And I know that there's going to be many people who will be encouraged by everything you said. So thanks. And I hope that we are able to stay in touch about this stuff. Oh, Norman, I definitely want to stay in touch with you. You're in my, <laughs> oh, thank You're in you. my phone under Norman. Uh, all right. <laughs> thank you to anyone who is listening. And I'm really grateful that you asked me to be on your podcast. It's an honor. Well, thank you so much once again. And this has been Faith Ventures. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>